welcome to the booth. <laughs> the fact that you prefaced it with I'm going to do something weird. Yeah. That's right. It's the holiday boot. We're recasting classic movie reboots. So Santa doesn't give you a lump of coal. This week, we're getting into the holiday shopping spirit, talking about 1996's Christmas comedy, Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, Rita Wilson, Phil Hartman, and Jake Lloyd. Man, this movie is a fucking atomic nostalgia bomb right out the gate. It might as well have taken place in 1782 because I was like, <laughs> none of this stuff exists anymore. Malls aren't real. Toy stores are all bankrupt. Everyone shops online. This is a, this is insane. I'll say this. I feel like people make fun of this movie a lot. And it's easy to make fun of because it's insane. Mm-hmm. But I found myself enjoying it so much. I enjoyed every minute of it. That I was like, we, I feel like we, you just have to constantly remind yourself that there is a joy to this that cannot be beat. Oh, it's really good. It's, it's, it's a, can we say it? It's a good movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> so Christmas. Hey! Back up! This is a homemade explosive device! And I'll blow it up! <laughs> know why? Because I work for the post office, so you know I'm not stable! Tell them! This man is totally insane. Thank you! Now put the guns down. All right, just stay there. And I'll know if you move, because I have the ear of a snake. Ciao, baby. Gentlemen, we've been duped. <sighs> this is nothing but a harmless Christmas package. That was really a bomb? It's a sick world we're living in. Sick people. And nobody dies. <laughs> no one dies. This is a sick world we're living in. It's a complete like wily E. Coyote acne bomb that only blows up his face and like oh, a weird my gosh. mess. Sinbad's performance. Uh, I work for the post office so you know I'm not stable. <laughs> what does that mean? It's just really strange. I, like 1996, peak, peak, peak. Like 90s, fuzzy warm feelings. The, the dawn of the internet. Yeah. People had f- multiple phone hard lines in their house. Yep. Some families had two TVs. It was a wild time. Guys. <laughs> it was a wild time. Welcome to The Boot, everyone, a movie reboot podcast where I, Brian Flynn, and my co-host, Kenneth Trent, take a classic Hollywood film and recast it as if the movie was to be remade today. This week, we are starting our holiday off with Jingle All the Way, a very, I, I would say a forgotten Christmas movie. Would you say a forgotten Christmas movie? I don't know. Is it forgotten? Would you put it in the top 10 of Christmas movies? Like, yes. Like, must-watch Christmas movies. You you would? Yeah. But it would it be top five? Uh, maybe not. It'd be like eight or nine, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, There's but, room for it. There is room for it. But before we uh, get into this phenomenal, phenomenal holiday film, um, we're going to talk about some actual reboot news that came to us a couple weeks ago. Uh, do you want to take this? Oh. Do you want to talk about this? I mean, I put it under your name, but I guess <laughs> I can. Okay, so we have talked about this before. A League of Their Own is going to be uh, a series on Amazon. They're working on it. So we just learned several weeks ago, mm-hmm. that Darcy Carden of The Good Place is in negotiations to star in the series with, um, gosh, I wish I knew how to say this, oh. this woman's name. Oh, the tables have turned <laughs> on the pronunciation game. Uh, I have no idea how to pronounce this woman's name, but I'm going to do my best. Gimbisola Ikumelo? I'm sorry. <laughs> But I'm I I I don't know th- I do not know this woman. I'm sorry to I this woman. I think you nailed it. But she is finalizing a deal to co-star in the project, which is being uh, executive produced and written by Abby Jacobson and Will Graham. Jacobson will play Carson, a farm girl whose husband is off fighting the war. Carden will play Greta, a beautiful and worldly player who was once in the army. Uh, Ikumela will play Clance. I don't I don't know that character. <laughs> Um, but this is exciting. I mean, I think, I don't know how we felt about it when it was, I mean, we've done a league of their own on our, on our podcast. Guys go all the way back to episode 12 of this pod to to hear a wonderful recast of a Hollywood classic, seminal film in Hollywood history. Um, I, I think we're both excited with the news of this casting. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, Darcy Carden is a 
a favorite of both of ours. Yeah, she's so good. Um, I'm just getting back into the good place, and it's just so it's so fucking good. Yeah. Where did I see her pop up recently? Not Barry. She is in Barry, though. I thought she was in something else recently, but maybe uh, maybe I'm making that. Anyways, yeah. not all white women are the same, Brian. <laughs> You were so like, could have fooled me. I was like, really? They're not? Um, Apparently. Tell that to the pumpkin spice people. I just closed the article. Where is this going to be on? Amazon. Oh, Amazon. We're going to watch this, right? Yeah, for sure. We're going to miss Dottie, though. We're going to miss Kit and Dottie. I, f- I feel like... Yeah. I was listening to another podcast talk about A League of Their Own in terms of the sport of it all mm-hmm. and just how good Dottie Henson was at baseball. Yeah. She was like, she was incredible and then just walked away. How could you do that? How could you do that to the sport that's given you so much, Dottie? Well, that's the great thing about the movie is that like she had the talent, but not the drive. And her sister had the drive, but just wasn't quite as good. And that's the, that's the dilemma because ultimately she was like, I just want a family. But you're coming back next year, right? No, uh, I want to have kids. We want to have kids. Dottie, you got plenty of time to have kids. You couldn't give this up. You'd miss this too much. Miss it? <laughs> yeah, miss putting on all this gear, catching a double header in 100 degree heat, pushing the bus through the mud, getting slammed into every other day by base runner. Think I'm gonna miss that? Yeah. Let's revisit this old chestnut. Did Dottie drop the ball on purpose? I feel like we had a fight about we this. We had a fight about this. <laughs> um. I'm trying to remember what I said before because I want to say that I said yes. I think that's true. I think you said that she she dropped it on purpose so Kit could have a win. Yeah. And I and I very disagree. I disagreed with you vehemently because <laughs> she is she's an athlete. Uh-huh. She's a competitor. I don't think she would let her team down like that. I don't think she would let her coach down like that. Um, but also, I think about where she is and how she's just like ready to get out of the game, go home to be with her husband. Who was played by Bill Pullman? Bill Pullman, yeah. Yeah. I dropped that ball for Bill Pullman <laughs> in 19... Oh, that sounded weird. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Cut that out. Cut that out! <laughs> um, okay, I think that's it for this week. Like, Let's just talk about this awesome Christmas movie. Yeah. All right. It's Christmas. You ready to talk about it? Yeah, let's do it. Guys, this is a reboot of Jingle All the Way. Merry Christmas, Langston residents. Hi, I... Ted? Howard! Hey, buddy! How's it going out there? Everything Okay. Yeah, fine. Uh, Ted, I need to speak to Liz. Uh, could you get... Mm. Oh, Howard, excuse me, but your wife's cookies are out of this world. What a... Who told you you can eat my cookies? I'm just helping Liz out a little in the kitchen. She's making up a storm here. Ted, I need to speak to my wife. So could you get her on the phone, please? I think she's in the shower, Howard. Do you want me to go check? No! I mean, no, that's fine. On your way out... Just tell her it would be a few minutes late, but you shouldn't worry. Oh, she won't worry. I mean, I'm here and... Mm. Oh, these cookies! I gotta get the recipe from Liz. Put that cookie down! Now! Was Arnold Schwarzenegger the first pick for this movie? Because it's weirdly an ingenious pick. I don't think he was, but... It works. I don't know what their other plan was, because what works about this is that he is so out of place. Like, this man sells furniture for a living. That's why he doesn't have time to be with his family. Right. But then at the end, when he is like, he shows up, he accidentally walks into the warehouse and they're like, you're the Turbo Man guy. And he's in the suit. You're like, yeah, obviously he's like a superhero. There's something in the trivia where like Arnold Schwarzenegger was denied the opportunity to remake a property. I want to say it was Knight Rider. Hmm. I forget what it was. But then they were like, but we have this Christmas movie. And he was just like, I think it would be challenging. I'm not going to do the voice, but he was like, I think it would be challenging. Wow, if we make it through this whole episode and you don't try to do an Arnold impression. It's going to come out (laughs) at some point. But he was just like, oh, I just want to play like a family man who just like can't spend time with his family. And you're like, really? Yikes. This marks Arnold Schwarzenegger's fourth appearance in a lead in a comedy following Twins in 1988, Kindergarten Cop in 1990, and Junior in 1994. We are getting peak Arnold Schwarzenegger because it's not like he's stopped doing action movies. I mean, True Lies is somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. I think uh, a Predator sequel is somewhere in there. Um, I mean, he's- Terminator 2, 1992, I think. He's still a star. Yes. 
full blown star. He's he's a movie star. No, not in the what? <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is not a movie star. I mean, the answer is yes. The answer is not now. I will admit, at the time, he was a movie star. So you can fall out of movie star status. Yeah, you can. So many have. Okay. Um, and you should. The fact that we hold people in such a high regard is why we're having all the issues with me too. Don't get me started. Okay. But yeah, no, like we're getting it. it there's so much about this that does not make sense, and yet it works. Like, why is this Austrian man named Howard Langston selling furniture? <laughs> He's too busy to order a toy. Um, first of all, this is the thing. Okay, so there's so much in here that it's like, this can't happen anymore. Yeah. I mean, the malls, like, the the idea that there's more than one toy store in a 10-mile yeah. radius, like, online, the, the, the presence of online shopping, all mm -hmm. of that. The most egregious thing, well, maybe not the most egregious thing, but the thing that stuck out most to me is, like, the fact that this very successful businessman didn't have his assistant buy his son a Christmas present to yeah. buy his whole family Christmas presents. He doesn't. It makes no sense. Yeah, it just shows how terrible of a father and a husband he is. <laughs> because what it shows is that he hasn't even thought about it. Like his right. wife told him, make sure you get the Turbo Man toy before Christmas. And he did not think, give it another thought. Howard, you didn't. Please tell me that you did not forget that doll. No, no, I, I, I got it. I. I got the Turbo Man doll, the one that has those things that shoot out in front with that Rock'em Sock'em jetpack and with that realistic voice box that says, it's Turbo time. I got it. Oh, good. There you are. I mean, you thought for a minute that I would not do something that you tell me. <laughs> I got it right away. Oh. Good. Because at this point, they'd probably be impossible to find. Because a normal person would, like, walk into the office the next day and be like, hey, can you make sure I – or just go ahead and order it, pick it up. Blah. That's what would have happened. Yeah. He does not give a second thought to his family. Uh, no, it, it's really weird. The other thing about this movie that, as a comic book nerd, I kind of keyed in on, this movie is very prescient about superhero movies. Like, weirdly has some forward-thinking comic book choices that I don't think we really see for like 12 years after this. The post credit scene, the comic accurate costume, uh -huh. the hero revealing himself to the world. Like, if Kevin Feige was a producer on this, I feel like it all adds oh up. Gosh. Like, it, it all kind of seamlessly fits together. It's like, oh, this makes sense. Um, <laughs> Jingle All the Way, directed by Brian Le uh, Levant. Levant? Levant. Oh. Directed by Brian Levant. Director of such movies as The Flintstones, Snow Dogs, and The Spy Next Door. Huh. A very family-friendly focused director. Yes. Family comedy focused director. I think this family comedy movie is great. I think my problem with it, considering it for 2019, I think it should be more family comedy forward. Yes. Meaning... I think more of this family should be involved in the shenanigans, which is why I argued for Liz to be bumped up because okay. I have a lot to say about her. Yeah. Uh, but let's start talking about Arnold and his role as Howard Langston. Howard Langston. Um, he punches a reindeer in yeah. the face. It was a really great like animatronic robot reindeer that they had to like <laughs> make look menacing and insane. Um, does this character have to be played by an action star? This this is a conversation I had with myself. Does he I have to be a man? Self. Yes. Okay. I think, I mean, I think in 2019, I don't care about a woman who's not a great mother. <laughs> okay. But I, if I'm being honest, mm -hmm. I would much rather see, especially because for so long, I feel like family movies, especially Disney, have put mothers by the wayside. Mothers are always dead. They're always disappearing. They're always like gone. We kill them off or like I, I, I don't care. I would much rather see a well, I mean, we'll get to Liz later, but I think I would much rather see like a strong female presence and then have the guy be like a bumbling idiot, a bumbling idiot. But I don't think he has to be an action star. Here's my thoughts on this. In a modern household, mm -hmm. I think you could argue that you would probably have 
dual income parents. Yes. And then, so for that reason, I went about this movie thinking that both of these parents are bumbling idiots. Okay. That they are leaving their child to the care of maybe someone else, mm-hmm. and it's really affecting both of them. And that- This is fresh. This I is like fresh. it. Now, in terms of the action star, I kept going back and forth on this, and ultimately I settled on this. Let's not reinvent the wheel here. Oh. Let's, let, like, all I'm doing is taking a movie that works, uh-huh. and then just pushing it into today. So I'm just going to say who I picked, and we'll talk about it. I picked The Rock. Okay. I have thoughts about this. It's obvious, yes. But, but, and he does have a pretty bad track record of family comedies. Like, The Tooth Fairy is not a good movie. But the Game Juma- Plan is a good movie. The Game Plan is a good movie. Jumanji is more for, like, teens and older and older crowd. But, come on. Come on. I, I agree that like if we're if we're not reinventing the wheel, The Rock is the obvious choice, especially because he tends to lean in a family friendly way. Like he likes making the sort of action family comedies. And we're not mad at him about it. He's right. great. Right. I think what I didn't love about doing it is that it feels like you were just saying the comedies where he's sort of been the like the joke is that like oh he's a big football player he's playing the tooth fairy Mm -hmm. and he's a huge guy like stuff like that like in the same vein as like the pacifier and uh even like kindergarten cop like there was a time where that really sold and i don't think it's selling that way now like looking at a movie that's coming out or maybe is already out i don't know but i've seen so many trailers for playing with fire which john, john cena. cena plays a firefighter who has to take care of young kids uh-huh. there i think there was a time where that movie would have sold tickets i don't think now is the time and so i would be slightly concerned about portraying this thing of like oh it's the rock being like a big dumb mm. dad i don't i don't know if I see that as a win right now. But it was a win when Jingle All the Way came out. Here's my thought on it. We f- love The Rock. We do. We root for The Rock. Yeah. And even in the moments of him being, of Howard being a bad dad, which he is a bad dad, like, oh, at how the, do you not make it to your son's karate At the thing? end of the movie, I'm like, this man hasn't made up for anything. <laughs> I know. And then he's ushered away by the masses. Yeah. Like he's a hero. Like he's a golden god. You're still a bad dad. It's crazy. Yeah. There's so much. There's so many things he has to change about his lifestyle. I just I want to see a sequel where we see that Howard is a has really put in the work. Right. I just sort of like the idea how even in this movie because it's Arnold, he's trying to muscle his way into his son's heart. And you kind of, it's like, you kind of weirdly need that, I think. It's like, that's a, I mean, it's a way to go. You don't really need it. But that's, again, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Yeah. And yeah, box office, box office models of recent dates suggest that that Mm -hmm. doesn't work. But that doesn't mean that the model is like accurate for all things. Right. It's not a rule. Right. We don't, we don't know how it's going to go. So I went a different direction for my... Uh, And because this is a Christmas movie, I feel like in many ways I swung for the fences because I love it when like stars come out or people I would consider to be stars when they come out for a family holiday movie. And so someone that I liked for this um, like dad who's like too busy and maybe he's trying, but it's clear that he's just always missing the mark with his kid. Like he doesn't know how to connect. I picked Bill Hader. Mm. Yeah. The Hades. I mean, in many ways now, he's an action star himself. Is he a movie star? <laughs> no. He's not a movie star. Yeah. Is he? An, I mean, yeah, Barry has but a he would be. But he stars. would be a great star of a Christmas movie. He would. And here's something that I was thinking about when I when I popped this movie on. It's on HBO Go, guys. It's it's crazy how the last two movies in the last couple of weeks were on yeah. HBO Go. It, they're it's super like, easy oh, to watch. Super easy to watch. Unless you don't have HBO. Go get HBO. Are you yeah. not watching Watchmen? This podcast presented by HBO Max and HBO Now and HBO whatever it's called. Go. Um, do Christmas movies need slapstick comedy? Because I was watching this and I was he- I was like loving every minute of like the wrestling and the fights yeah. and the calamity. It's charming. And I'm, I was sitting there. I'm like, every Christmas comedy has this. I, I would say maybe a Christmas story doesn't because it was made in a different time. But like. But even when you look at the, there are the Christmas Vacation, Bad Santa, yeah, um, the Santa Claus, the Santa Claus, it's elf. all elf. It's all like wild 
broad slapstick calamity. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, yeah, like you kind of you kind of need someone to do that. I think The Rock would do it because that's he's it's his wheelhouse. This 100%. is what this is what Bill Bill Hader's a comedian. Yeah, first and foremost, a comedian. Yeah, The Rock is a is an action star wrestler. Yes, first and foremost, and they're kind of arcing towards each other in a weird way. Yeah, Bill Hader is a smart comedian. He's going to go for what he thinks is the best joke, but The Rock. Is like, I need to get a laugh at any cost. So I think The Rock is like, you need me to run through this wall and fall over like a bunch of people? Like, I'm going to do it. I think Bill Hader would, would Bill Hader struggle in that sense? No. And I only say that because I feel like through his journey on Barry, I feel like we're seeing him get more physical in a way that I'm like, I think he would see the value of there being this, the calamitous comedy that we're talking about in a Christmas movie. Okay. I can't say that that's his forte. Yeah. But I think he would know that like there is smart comedy and then there's Christmas comedy. <laughs> it's unique. It really there's, is strange. There are certain things we want to see that we do not like in other movies that right. we want for a Christmas movie. Right. And I think he would get that. All right. Let's talk about the partner slash antagonist of this movie. Mm-hmm. Myron Larrabee, played by Sinbad, singular name. Sinbad is funny. Sinbad's funny in this movie. I stand by that. I love a Sinbad movie. Dear Santa, could you send me a bike and a slinky? No, your father's been laid off. You know it's all a ploy, don't you? A ploy. Man, where have you been? Don't you watch TV? We are being set up by rich and powerful toy cartels. Oh, come on. No, you got these big fat cats sit there using working class just like me and you. They spend billions of dollars on TV advertisement, and then they sit there and use subliminal messages to suck your children's minds out. And I know what I'm talking about because I went to junior college for a semester and I studied psychology, so I'm right in there. I know what's going on. I mean, maybe he's the kind of person who has a certain... And maybe it's because we don't see him that much now. But there is something so funny and charming about his performance. Equally as insane. He he perpetrates two bomb scares in this (laughs) movie. He doesn't get murdered for them. This man is an actual criminal. Right. A criminal. And they give him a doll at the end of this movie. (laughs) Nobody is there to be like, clap him in irons. Yes. But he's a criminal. Anyway, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. I again, I made a pretty, uh, uh, well, uh, not again for me, but I made a pretty standard choice for my Myron. I picked Keenan Thompson. I love Keenan for this because one, he doesn't do enough movies. Two, he's super funny. Yeah. And three, I feel like he has the perfect disposition for a family Christmas movie. He I does. can see him doing a version of this character, not in the way Sinbad does, but close enough that we're like. Yeah, and the thing still funny. The thing that's great about Myron is that they do a really great job of making this antagonist really funny and likable, which is something that the studios balked at when they considered him originally. Yeah, and I also like how he really makes Howard look like a friendless loser. Like he really yeah. shows that Howard has not considered other people for a very long time. And the scene in the diner where he's like explaining like how his father didn't get him a Christmas present and this other kid did and that kid became a billionaire and now he's like a postal worker, which is fine. Shout out to all the great postal workers out there. But it was just one of those funny things where he's like he's breaking it down for like what this means for to abandon your child in a weird way could have this like weird and hilarious consequences further down. And it really pushes Howard to be like, oh, God. You ever heard of a guy named Scott Sherman? Yeah, CEO of uh, Sherman Industries. Well, you know, he was my old neighbor. And his dad got him a Johnny 7 Omega gun. You know what happened? He became a billionaire. And me? Well, <laughs> I'm just a loser with no future. But you're the whole time you're like, yeah, why aren't you teaming up with this guy? Like, why aren't you being friends? Instead of pushing him to be your... I actually think Howard's the villain in this movie. In a, 100%. In a yeah. We just talked about how he's still a bad dad he's at the end awful. of this movie. Yeah, like, we don't, we don't like him. No. There are a lot of bad men in this movie. Sinbad's a villain. Ted is a villain. Howard is a villain. Really, the only hero Jamie's is... kind of a, a brat. ...is Martin Mull. <laughs> Chris Parnell's kind of an asshole, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jim Belushi is... He's a shyster. Shyster. Yeah, like, No. Uh, there are a lot of trash men in this movie. All right. I like that pick. I do agree that like Keenan 
he's got to go somewhere. Like, we enjoy yeah. him on SNL, but it's time, my friend. It's time for you to kind of find your leg. Which I think he just got a, a pilot greenlit by NBC. And I sort of see it as like, okay, like he stuck around to like make it to the, the benchmark of like being the longest running cast member. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, eh, he's going to say goodbye very soon. But I'm like, what is he going to do? And I I love something like this for mm-hmm. him. Uh, I picked a comedy staple. I mean, he's been a comedy staple for maybe the last like 12 years. I think he brings, the actor I picked brings a very distinct vibe of lower middle class uh a very distinct sort of like i don't want to call him a deadbeat but just kind of like a vibe of like he's kind of he's kind of scruffy and uh but also has a manic is to him i picked jake johnson yeah yeah interesting something about him this like is good. hitting the street as a mailman and like yeah. using his mailbag as a weapon is something like for someone, for a character who's like really driven to the breaking point mm-hmm. that you would call in a bomb scare, that you would dress up like a maniacal supervillain during a parade to confront, the, I don't know, a stuntman for a toy. You built a bomb? No, I didn't have to build a bomb. Don't you read the news? Hundreds of these things come to the mail every day. I just kept one in case I ever needed it. So give me the dial! I'm gonna blow up everybody in this place! Are you out of your mind? Put this thing away. This is not worth it. Well, maybe not to you, but to me it is. So back up, back up. I just thought Jake Johnson is, is someone that was just like, he would go yeah. those lengths. The exasperation that we get from Myron of like, I will do anything. Right. I mean, conceivably, he would murder a child. He would, he would throw them into the street. I think the bomb gag is A++ work, but it's also a very strange commentary about like, it's weird. Family friend, like how family friendly movies considered like police brutality and then like they, they make a Rodney King joke in this movie, like at the mall and you're just kind of like the 90s. But also like <laughs> bombs in 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 like uh, packages. packages like it, it's played for comedy pretty well. Right. But it shouldn't be. <laughs> right. It's really strange. Um, there's a couple other like things in this. I mean. So there's a scene where they go in to get a toy, to the Turbo Man toy, Myron and Howard, and they're all out, and the crowds are like swaying, and Howard flips out on Chris Parnell for being just like, just a snooty little asshole. Yeah. And this man turns, or an extra, turns around, and he's holding a computer game, like a Windows 96 computer game in like the box. The box! And I was just like, holy shit. Like, this... I don't know. This movie that one got me so bad. And they're like There was a there was a time capsule moment for me when they're showing like uh the sort of he's going to all the toy stores and people are laughing at him, that montage. And at one point they're just like scanning across action figures and there was like a Hercules TV show action figure and I was like, Wow. <laughs> so crazy uh, it's really yeah. strange like the it really portrays the 90s as the saccharine era and it's not wrong it's weirdly not well wrong. what's so interesting is that they what they were doing was trying to make a commentary on the cabbage patch craze cabbage patch kids mm-hmm. when they came out people went nuts to get them for their kids but what's weird is the same year this movie came out was the year of Tickle Me Elmo. Right. And so weirdly, it predicted another craze. And I kept thinking, I was like, was Tickle Me Elmo the last time that this happened in such a way that like, I mean, maybe it was... Beanie Babies? Was Furby after that? Because that was nuts at, too. Furbies were nuts. I want to say like, what were the Digipets? Uh, oh, like Tamagotchis? Tamagotchis. Wasn't I don't know if big. they were as crazy. I don't know if the supply Power Rangers was really big. I remember Power Rangers being pretty big. I think that was 94, though. But yeah, like, I don't know if we live in a world where this, like, supply and demand issue right. really comes up anymore. Because if anything, I think people overestimate popularity. Yeah. And then and what then do we got? surplus. Yeah, I I agree. I don't know what would take this its place. Because there's so many options now, right? Like, this is a movie that takes place in a world where you, you have maybe cable. Yeah. Right? You have yeah. basic cable, maybe, and you maybe have some dial-up internet. And now, like, the choice of what how we can entertain ourselves is so vast yeah. that, you know, it spreads the market out. 
so wide that it's like, what are people actually like? People aren't going to go crazy for like one single toy now. It, it would maybe yeah. be like a video game console. I mean, if any, what's fascinating though is that's what came to my mind is I was like, the last time I remember running into this, and this wasn't even that long ago, but I remember the year, the Christmas after the Wii came out. Like, that's what I wanted for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I was in high school. And I remember my parents being like, we can't find one right now, but this is what we're going to get you. And so we just had to wait until like March. There was a point where like they were like, we're going to get this. We just have to wait until we can right. find one. Literally, we walked into a Best Buy the day after Christmas and found one. It there. was totally easy. But that was the last time I remember being like, oh, I want something and I can't find it. It's crazy, isn't like, it? Like, I can get you anything I, right now on this computer. In a day. Yeah. Literally. literally <laughs> Amazon will ship you stuff it's today bananas. if you order by a certain time. Time and technology are growing exponentially by the second, and it's terrifying. Okay. Okay. Who are we on? What are we talking Liz. about? And I really want to talk about Liz. Okay. Really want to talk about Liz, because Liz is a terrible, terrible character. Yes. Like, absolutely terribly She written. has no perspective. She's acted well, like Rita Wilson, yeah. you're doing great, but she has no perspective. Mm-hmm. She lets her child go off into a crowded city street twice. She lets him play in traffic. She acts completely nonchalantly after she's both sexually assaulted Ugh. and her son is almost dropped off a building. Oh my gosh. Who does this shit? It is like, it's purely created because there were so many times when I was like, if I was if I was Jamie's mom, the second he stepped off that float, because you see this guy chasing after him, I would have snatched him up. I would have been like, great, we're done. Thank yeah, you. Goodbye. We're going home. No, she they, does not do anything. They pull up. Okay, so Phil Hartman's Ted is like worming his way into her. He's trying to worm his way into her. And they, they're driving the kids to the parade, which they pull up to the parade. <laughs> like, like They pull up gonna park? to the parade. And he's just like, well, I guess I'll find parking around here. And then uh, she's like, the kids are like, we want to go see the floats. And she's like, go ahead. Well, they say like, oh, there's so-and-so the... and his dad. Can we go stand with them while oh, you park do? the car? But she yeah. has no proof of that. Yes, they let them go. He's a six-year-old boy. He doesn't also, have facial recognition yet. Sh- <laughs> He has no idea who these people are. It's a crowded street. From point A to point B, he could be you, snatched up at any point. You said six-year-olds don't have facial recognition. Zero. Zero. With the confidence that Bradley Oney says botulism hasn't been around since the 20s. <laughs> We're both right, Kenna. We're both correct. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah. like, And another big thing is Ted unwanted touching is sexual assault. Right. And so the fact that he removes her apron in such a way that is oh. I was like, girl, I send this man out of your home. He does and she not doesn't get to do stay. it. She's just she's like, okay, haha. And I'm like, all right, I understand we live in a different time. Yeah. We and maybe she's not being satisfied by her husband. Maybe maybe that's the thing that's happening right now. Maybe. <laughs> What's that? Oh, That is Johnny's Turbo Man. What? It's not what you think it is. Oh, it isn't? Really? Well, then do tell me what it is, because as far as I know, you got Jamie his own Turbo Man weeks ago. What it looks like is that you've broken into our neighbor's house and you're stealing presents from under the tree. Oh, look, Liz, if you would just give me a second, then I could explain it to you. I know parts of this are going to sound completely ridiculous, but let me tell you the truth. Howard, I've been listening to your version of the truth for far too long now, and honestly... I don't want to anymore. Maybe. They clearly have a strained relationship. Uh, I, I I just, it bothered me. And that's why I thought about this. Like, there, I want to see a version where both of these parents are bad. Okay. Like, if Jamie's going to be mad at his dad, he should also be mad at his mother. Okay. The, she's just, like, not really paying attention to him either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I this idea that, like, maybe Liz is also a working parent, that they're both okay. fucking up. And so in that case, I needed to cast someone who could also play a lot more comedy and who could mm-hmm. get into, like, the stickiness of trying to find the toy. Um, Chobo Man. See, it came. It wasn't that good, but I'm going to cut it out. <laughs> Why um, did you just do that? I don't know. <laughs> So, and I also weirdly don't want to lose the Ted stuff because I, I want to talk about Ted as well because it's, yeah. it's strange. I ended up picking Ali Wong. Um, always be my maybe. We love. Stand-up comedian. We love. I just thought that she could play someone who who who's like, Howard 
you're fucking up. Yeah. But then also is like checking herself and is like, I might also be fucking up. Like, maybe we're not like, this is harder than we think. And I guess like the arc of this movie would then be, be them realizing like together they'd be, they'll be better parents uh-huh. as opposed to like being two really separately busy people Yeah, and having other people rely on, like maybe they have a babysitter or there's like a nanny or something like that. And like the kid is just like being raised by a third party out of the family. And it's sort of like then together they're like, oh no, we have to make sure that this is the priority and not, yeah. the, not I, the mattress store or whatever fucking business they would have. Another thing that's radically changed in 2019. I get a mattress on an app. Business. Yeah, I get a, yeah, I get a podcast true. coupon. Not on this podcast. We'll get there, guys. Yeah. Casper, call us. Casper. Pur- purple. What are those other? Oh, Junebug. I'm making these up. They all sound the same. They all sound the same. Um, we should make up our own mattress, mattress company. Um, so I I love this perspective because there is something very Christmassy about parents are too busy. And so he has like a sidekick that's maybe like his babysitter or nanny who like sort of tries to help the parents like find each other again so that they can be a fit. Ooh, maybe the babysitter's like an angel. What? <laughs> Maybe the babysitter's what? like... What? Like Clarence? Yeah. Wouldn't that be, that's very Christmassy. He's like an elf. Uh, that's very Christmassy. What? He's like a like an otherworldly being who's just there to like help solve their family problems. Mm-hmm. That's very Christmassy. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> um, so I, I love that. I think that's great. I love Ali Wong. I think that would be super funny, especially because there is something about Liz not just taking enough agency over her own life to be like, listen, I know Howard's not going to do this. And so you want her to be the kind of person in this scenario where you're like, oh, you didn't get Turbo Man. Okay, well, I went ahead and bought him one, but we need to talk about this because you're a bad husband and father. Because realistically, I think she gets that that's the way her husband is. And so she would know. But if you create that divide where like... Both of them have just completely lost each other in their careers and their family in their careers. Then it's a little more interesting. Do you remember that part in this movie where like Ted's kid says something about like how awesome Ted's dad is because he got a reindeer or something like that. And he dresses up as Santa Claus or something. And Jamie's like, I wish my dad does that. My dad doesn't do anything. I, I hate my father. This is scarring me unconditionally. And he runs off and Liz is like. What happened? Jamie, what's wrong? I'm like, he was standing right there. He said it to yeah. everyone in this crowd. Also, who sees their neighbors on Christmas Day? It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. Eve. Who hangs out with their neighbors on Christmas Nobody. Eve? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. They're all sitting around having cocoa outside. Also, having a parade on Christmas Eve. Like, you, know, you have your Christmas parade like two weeks before Christmas. That's weird, yeah. Otherwise, people are traveling. They're off. Yeah. Like, nobody has time for this. Was there ever a more... Move, a Christmas movie shot in the summer than this. Everyone's sweating. Everyone's glistening with yes. sweat. <laughs> they made that. They made it a story point that everybody's running around so they could be like, <laughs> they're warm. They're like it's 102 degrees in fucking downtown LA on the Universal lot. Uh, everyone run around really quick. It's bad. Um, I made a little more of a conventional choice mm-hmm. for my Liz, and I'm not mad about it. I wanted her to be funnier because I love mm-hmm. Rita Wilson, but like, I feel like part of what makes her seem so like separate from the movie is that she's not bringing comedic energy right. to it. And so, if nothing else, I'm like, I just want this person to like have a little bit more agency. And maybe, maybe it's a version where we think that Liz is just going along with things, and we find out towards the end that she thinks Ted is a creep and is like really is working some sort of behind the scenes plan to make sure that Jamie's taken care of or like doing like I I would love to see Liz just be more of a character because there are little things where I'm like this just wouldn't work. She's currently 80 Bryant in the Totino sketch. She's just like worried about her hungry her hungry guys her and hungry she has guys. this like one dimensional like robotic like she's just mom. Yeah. She's just mom. She's, 90s yeah. mom. She's just mom. I miss a 90s mom though you know. <laughs> What was different about 90s moms? Well, like, right now, after this recording, your 90s mom would pick you up in a van. Yeah. You'd probably have to go get your brother somewhere. Yeah. You'd try and argue for some fast food. She'd say no. Oh, for sure some ice cons- cream. Yeah. We were big, let's get yeah. ice cream on the way home, kids. Maybe afterwards. Then you get home and it's like, 90s mom, dinner's made. She's like, put in a VHS. Right. We'll get to, and then my brother and I watched D three the Mighty Ducks for the seventy fifth time. Nineties mom, um, it's a, it's pretty nice. Nineties <laughs> mom, 
I want to write. I want to write the sketch called '90s Mom," and it's just a day in the life. It's a service. It's where you're just like, we're like older millennials are just like, I just miss my like the way mothers were in the '90s. A little more. Not the, there weren't as many latchkey kids. They were a little more concerned about you getting kidnapped, right? But not as helicoptery as like as modern two thousands moms. Yeah. And like you come home and they they bought the wrong cereal and they'll let you yell at them for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They used Wilton cake pans to make you their like homemade there's always an birthday en- cakes. There's always an Entenmann's somewhere on the counter. Your house is full of junk food because that's the bet. Like instant food was yeah. the easiest. Nesquik. Oh, oh yeah. they made you some Nesquik, didn't oh, they? Dude, yeah. <laughs> yes. And my father would get enraged by how many sweets were in the house. My mom would buy sodas all the time, and he'd be like, "Why are we buying this?" And she'd just be like, the kids? And oh, we like, no. We came to an agreement of what... <laughs> we came to an agreement about what the appropriate time to start drinking soda to be. <laughs> uh, post 3 p.m.? We're talking like 11 a.m. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, were you cracking in a Pepsi at like 9 a.m.? People, not at that. Well, 11 a.m. That was the appropriate time. <laughs> Listen, we bought a lot of caffeine free too. Like, uh-huh. my parents weren't idiots. 90s, they knew what all they were about doing. caffeine free. Caffeine no one free. wanted caffeine. Too much caffeine. Caffeine free. Sugar free, caffeine free. <sighs> and then a my lot parents. A lot of pasta, a lot of carbs. Ooh, yes. A lot of uh, high carbs. A lot no of uh, grated really Parmesan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 90s mom. And then my parents bought me uh, Dance Dance Revolution at one point because they were like, this is a fun way to work out. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> did they buy it for you? Specifically? One day I'm gonna write. One day I'm gonna write a book Wait, about my they, childhood. Did they buy this for you specifically to exercise? Because they're like, we, yeah, we're filling our child with sugar and fat. I am genetically predisposed. I love my parents, but from both sides of my family, I'm genetically predisposed to be overweight. And so, as a kid, I was. <laughs> And, <laughs> like by dance, dance and I did it and I wasn't as athletic because my brother was the athletic one. Uh-huh. Uh, he played every single sport. I could not be bothered. Um, my my extracurricular activity was speech and debate. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think there was a point where they were literally like, wow, what do we like? What do we do? And they said, video games. <laughs> Did it work? And I gotta be honest, I still love Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> like, if I could still have that little, the like, pad? home pad, mm-hmm. I 100% would. Yeah. But alas, it was a PlayStation 2 controller, so. Who did you pick? Wow, we really got off. Who did you pick? I picked this? Kristen Bell. Yeah. Yes. I love Kristen Bell. And I love her as a more, like, she is her own person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think she'd be fun and funny in this. I don't want to force you into the mold of this movie that I'm making, but she also maybe because of the good place, the character that she plays in the good place, it's like she easily could fit into a parent who's also struggling to yeah. to like raise this kid. But she's really she's really funny. Why doesn't Kristen Bell do more movies? Is a question she asks herself every day. But why? <laughs> I, but what's interesting is her career. I think has sort of been stuck in like I think she does do movies. It's just very sort of like mid level. Comedies, comedies yeah. like I don't I know. know why she's not doing like not starring in more. Well, I know the Veronica stuff. Mars people are very happy that it's back and she's back doing it. Yeah. And, but it really feels like she's like, fine, motherfuckers, you want me to be Veronica Mars? I'm gonna be Veronica Mars, and now I'm doing it. Are you happy? Are you happy? Can I escape? Can I leave this? She's coming back to do the voiceover for Gossip Girl too. Oh yeah, she was that person. Oh, and Frozen Two's coming out. She's it's like that's yeah. the thing is like, but what is she doing that's new outside of these like? I don't know. I don't know, I, but it's going to be interesting to see her coming off of the good place, right? Like, like where somebody is going to want to snatch her up for a, a TV series, but yeah, who knows? Um, uh, I think that's a great pick. Yeah, let's Ted. talk about Ted Malton, played by the late great Phil Hartman. What a creep! Top ten creeps in a movie I've seen recently. Here's the thing: the women in this movie, though, are so hot for Phil Hartman. I love how he is seen as an absolute sex symbol in the neighborhood. Because, They're like, what a dad! What's funny about it? He's the original it, Zaddy. You have to leave. No, he, I don't know how to explain how wrong what you just said is. He is 
is not. Here's the thing. He is a. Oh, is Zaddy someone without a kid? He has a, a kid. He's an so exempl- he's a daddy. He's he's an exemplary father. He is not a Zaddy. A Zaddy someone without a kid, right? It's like someone who has dad looks, but they don't have a kid. No, a Zaddy is more like. <laughs> I can't believe I'm we're discussing this. this. A Zaddy is more like he is so hot that you want to call him daddy. Oh. <laughs> But it's more of okay. a, it's more of like a sexualized term. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry that we had to go into this. He's a, I mean, it's just hilarious how at every turn women are <gasps> fawning over but him. But because he's like, but because they're like, hey, can you come over and look up like my, my, um, my disposal is acting up and I just need, like, he's that person that they're like, I want Ted to come fix him all, all the wares of my but home. Ted. I baked you some cookies, you know, to thank you for fixing my screen door. Well, thanks, Judy. (laughs) Ted, I was wondering if you'd mind taking a look at my porch light. It just doesn't seem to be working, and uh, you being such a handyman. Sure, I've got just the tool for the job. Is everyone on their street like divorcees? Like, are they all like in a? Are they in Swing City that Joe Bluth created? Like, (laughs) but that's what's weird is that so they're at the karate practice and she's sitting next to Ted and there are these women around around him who are being like, "Thank you so much for like bringing this over and doing this." And he, for some reason, looks over at Liz who is judging him, and is like, "Oh!" And so it's this weird interaction that like, okay, they're not together, so why would she be looking at him like? You need to stop. Yeah, I don't know. It's a very strange interaction. Very strange. I had a weird idea about Ted. I had this weird idea because I I weirdly liked that Ted is a creep. It really adds like a level of like tension in this movie that's Mm -hmm. it's funny. Especially when like you know that Arnold Schwarzenegger could beat the shit out of Ted at any moment. Oh, for sure. Um, and I played around with this idea like, what if it wasn't like an older man, but what if like there was like a neighborhood babysitter who was like a teen who was really into oh. it. But I stepped back on that idea, which I still think is a, is a fairly funny idea because I just love how the neighbors think Ted is like this crazy Lothario. Like they see him in some weird domesticated yeah. sex symbol way that I was like, I, I can't lose that. That's Wait, so, so funny. Are you think were you thinking then that it would be some sort of like Billy and Stranger Things season three yeah. thing where like, like the, the, parent, the housewives are just hot for the young kid who like Like does Chad, it all. yeah. Like, a, let's call him Chad. Let's call him Chad. No, okay. Yeah, like, because it makes more sense that, like, if both of the parents are gone, that, like, there's a babysitter and, like, maybe the kid's there to, like, creep on the mom or something like that. But I, I guess it still works if it was a teenager. I found an actor who is okay. a lot older than I was like, I have to pick this guy because I think I want to give him some shine right now. Lay it on me. Uh, is it my turn or is it your turn? Oh, is it my turn? Um, I think it is my turn. Um, but I feel like my direction is so different that you should just go. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll swap our, our turns. Okay. I picked Mark Prokish. Prokish. So I picked Mark Prokish from What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Who plays, yes. uh, what's his name on that That's show? really funny. Colin, Colin Robinson. He plays the emotional vampire. Yes. We love. Um, he is so fucking funny in that movie. That's really funny. He's an absolute, cr- like, yeah. not a creep, but he, he just gives up, like, I just love seeing him in that role of like, what does everyone see in this person? Like, he's an absolute yeah. like sleazy weirdo, but can be so funny in doing it. Yeah, because it's like sort of what he's doing and what we do in the shadows is sort of the opposite of like what we're used to vampires being like glamoring mm-hmm. people. Like he's doing the opposite of that and that like he's just sucking the life out of you with every interaction, <laughs> but you can't walk away right. from it. Yeah. And it's so funny. Right. That's a, that's a great pull. Thank you. I'm into that. Thank you. Yeah. No, great choice. I went in a very different direction because I thought what would really be funny and I think it would be a funny commentary too on how, um, who did this recently? So I feel like some show made a joke about – it might have been someone telling me about an episode of It's Always Sunny because I don't actually watch it. But 
um, how like in a sort of Me Too era, something people can't have trouble contending with is like, does it matter if the person is attractive or not? Yeah. The offender. And so I loved the idea of Ted being the impossibly hot neighbor who who has that sort of like domestic dreamboat vibe, but he's being a creep and you're kind of like, is this okay? And right. ultimately we come to the conclusion that it's very much not. Liz, I'm sorry you had to go through that back there. Here, have some non-alcoholic eggnog. Oh, I'll be fine. You can't hide your feelings from me. Go on, let it out, get it out of your system. No, really, Ted, I'm okay. I don't think so. Liz, you're like a lost and frightened fool. I can see it in your eyes. Don't worry. Ted's here. But there is something contentious about when you see Ted, you're like, holy crap. Like, yeah, of course everyone is hot for this guy, but he's ultimately trash. Like, we want to come to the conclusion at the end that everybody hates Ted. Anyway, I picked Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very great comedic choice, especially in the last couple years. Yeah. Really taking that turn. Super fun and funny. I mean, I, I, I almost, I'm nervous that he's so attractive that I don't know how you say, I mean, he's so attractive. (laughs) (laughs) He's really attractive. But I think what's. I like him playing a, like kind of a, not a villain is a strong word, but like, you know, like. He's a, for us to be unsure and then we're like, oh, he's bad. Yeah. But what, honestly, what's missing, and this is a super simple fix for this movie too. What's missing is like a scene where we realize why Liz fell in love with Howard. I think that would be huge. Yeah. For them to just have a moment where Liz is sort of like pit of despair, all is lost. And she's like, my husband, like he's never around. It is the holidays and he can't even be bothered. My kid is going nuts because he's finally realizing like his dad sucks. (laughs) Like, I don't really know how to fix this. And then like, we should have a sort of moment where we understand that like, yeah, Chris Hemsworth is hot, but like Liz is ultimately like, I want to try with my husband though, because there's a reason that we're married and that I still, like, I love him and there's a reason we should be fighting for this. I'm seeing a version where like Ted is mean to Jamie. Oh yeah. Like oh, it's very um it's of. very Alec Baldwin in uh uh The Cat in the Hat. How he's like the perfect guy who's over at their house and being nice and then as soon as their mom leaves, he is like mouthing off at the kids. Uh, not going to military school. I think you're going to love it. It's just like summer camp except with brutal forced marches and soul-crushing discipline. And one more thing. It's Lawrence, you snot-nosed little son of a wonderful woman who I'm absolutely crazy about. Gosh, I love children. Oh, Joan, I didn't see you there. Did you ever see The Cat in the Hat? I don't think I did. That's what Alec Baldwin does in The Cat in the Hat. I like that pick, though. I mean, Thank you. Yeah. It's a little wacky, but why? it's Christmas. I know. Kristen Bell, married to Bill Hader, turns down Chris Hemsworth. Listen, that's the complicated world we live in. Yeah. Good for you, girl. Um... (laughs) Some would argue, I have a friend who has such a sincere crush on Bill Hader that 100%, if she had a choice, she would choose Bill Hader. Hmm. I mean, that's a thing. Yeah. You're like, that person is mentally ill. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about like, I'm not saying that your friend is this way, but you probably have a friend who's like, they date, they don't go after like really attractive looking people because there's like some self-esteem thing in them so they're like i'm gonna date people who are just like kind of okay looking kind of good looking but never like hot hot yeah they like feel insecure about like shooting for the moon yeah i but i do think there is something about like if bill Hader was just a regular guy and kind of funny maybe not but like i feel like there is like a certain group of people who are like ideal Mm. ideal man yeah and i i don't know if i think i think i get it but it doesn't fully make sense to me (laughs) right uh, okay, let's move on to Jamie Langston, a character who we like. We kind of went back and forth. Like, do we need to cast a kid? Like, there's just no other characters, though. Like, I, I and I don't want to bum everyone on this podcast because <laughs> Jamie's played by Jake Lloyd, infamously known for Anakin Skywalker in A Phantom Menace. He is so cute He's in this movie. So cute, impossibly was... cute. Now this <laughs> is a cute kid. Now this is pod and to know what happened to him after that movie and in his life and how his parents like fucked him up. Yeah. I mean, this is going to sound really bad, but I was almost more sad about 
Jake Lloyd's life than I was knowing that Phil Hartman was going to be murdered years later. Like, I, yeah. I got so bummed out. I mean, I honestly thought Jake Lloyd had died. You kind of do, don't you? Like, you don't know what happened to him. Yeah. Because, and same with Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Banks in that movie. Like, these two poor, poor souls got the brunt of uh, the the ire of Star Wars fanatics that just yeah. didn't want what George Lucas gave us and had they deserved none of it. Yeah. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. It also, is George Lucas's fault. There are plenty of people who enjoy Star Wars Episode One. Me and I know there's someone in this room who really enjoys it. <laughs> it's my favorite. Anyways, but we had to we we settled on Jamie as like the character to ground I mean the movie's kind of He's about important. Him. Yeah. yeah. Um so which child actor did you pick? Um, I picked an actor by the name of Julian Hilliard, who, if you saw The Haunting of Hill House, um, played young Luke. He's a little blonde kid, cute little glasses. Mm-hmm. I really love this kid because I think there is a certain precociousness to him that isn't quite reaching the level of Jake Lloyd, but that I don't think we quite want to. necessarily Uh um and so i just think as someone who's like so cute that you just can't help but feel sorry for them yeah this kid's the winner because dad before you left you promised that you're gonna be at the parade you haven't been here all day so you can't miss it jamie please because dad when someone makes a promise they definitely should keep it you know it's like what turbo man says Always keep your promises if you want to keep your friends. Oh, okay. I did not watch it. Um, okay. So you don't like good things. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Um, see, that's the thing about picking a kid who's like under the age of 10. You're asking them to do such little work, really. <laughs> like, you're really just asking him in this movie to complain that his dad yeah. is shitty. And then at the end of the movie, you're asking them to like think your dad is the greatest man in the world. Um, so it's hard to pick such a young actor. Uh, but I, I am going to assume that you, in the shows that you pick, that you have good taste in these in performers. Yeah, I, 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 I do. I default. So <laughs> there you go. I ended up picking Isaac Wang from The Good Boys, for just Good Boys. It's not The Good Boys, but Good Boys. Um, Isaac with a Z, in case you can't find him. Okay. Um, okay. I just think he just has sort of the sweetness, but he's a little older now. That's why. That's what's hard. He's twelve, right? Like, is there a version Once, of Jamie that's a little older yeah. and is like? It's not so much that he just wants the toy, and the toy is the best thing. It's like really like the relationship with his parents is like really starting to kind of like. Yeah, because there comes a time when like they're old enough that you're like. Okay, this is just more sad than yeah. anything because you should have people who are taking care of you. Yeah. And now you're just going to be emotionally stunted. Right. <laughs> and I think because he's older that he could maybe play like more of a like, I don't really need my mom and dad anymore. Mm. But kind of, you know, <gasps> deep down. Maybe he's like dealing drugs. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens, guys. Yeah. To all the parents listening, check your kids, man. Check. Do you know where your kids are? Do you know? Did you buy them the toy they wanted for Christmas? So. or? I- are you letting them down? No, no, no. I don't have kids, so I can do drugs whenever I want. <laughs> I'll buy drugs from your kid. <laughs> That's not what we're going what? for. What? It's Christmas. I'll buy drugs from your kid. Everyone's wearing sweatpants and curled in front of the TV. It's a, it's a great time to do drugs. Wow. <laughs> Especially your 12-year-old child. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that it for our cast? That's it. Yeah, except for... The biggest present under the tree. <gasps> Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? I hope we've thought similarly about this. It has to it has to be the same person. Yeah. I don't know this character's name. I do. Does he have a name? What's his name? Well, first he has a title. Yeah. Officer, Officer Hummel. Hummel. Yep. That's who I picked. The cl- the police officer the that Howard cl- like keeps running into keeps running into in various strange ways. <laughs> and then bests in the end by scalding him with hot, hot coffee and slamming him into a bus. By accident, of course. And then he gets uh, blown up. He gets blown up, but then the, it's he gets blown up, then the coffee, then the bus. Yeah. Which, I don't know how long this man's shift is. <laughs> He's going 24 hours. But he stopped him the night before. And then the next morning, 
He's back on the job. He's back on the job. How long has he been? How long has he been working? Also, what time is the parade happening? Because this day is l- yeah. This movie long. takes place within twenty four hours. It's a long day. Yikes! Yikes! Um, yep. Obvious. 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 Um, let's see. We talked about the toys in this movie. I paused several times in this movie to see all the toys that I had. I was like, oh, had that one. Had that one. I knew uh, my friend had that one. Like, whoa. Uh, just the, how this shit must have driven my parents crazy. Yeah. Just made me feel pretty rotten inside. Um, okay. We need to talk about the Mall of America. Okay. The largest mall in America. It has a mm-hmm. roller coaster inside it, which yes. is like this movie, I think, takes place in Minnesota or, or mm-hmm. near the Great Lakes, close by to mall country, as yeah. I like to say. Where would this movie take place now? I mean, it's interesting because... Literally yesterday, I told some I had something to like return, and I was like, I'm gonna go to the mall after work. And I felt like they looked at me like I was a crazy person because there was like the mall, and I was like, Yeah, there are many malls in LA, like so, so many. Yeah, Century City, Sherman Oaks, Fox Hills, Burbank, there are malls everywhere. And so I was like, Do people not think it just seems weird to me that I think people have like come out of the egg because i'm like honestly if you put it if you needed to set it at some place that's more like the grove or the americana which i feel like is the new mall mm-hmm. it's more of a place to like hang as opposed to a place to shop air quotes all over the place i'm losing control of my fingers. shopping is an actual thing it's not a term we use <laughs> yeah but also like we said what really ruins this movie is that nobody physically shops for christmas right toys anymore you buy everything online a lot of this movie takes place in a mall and they're like there's a huge chase scene through the mall what i'm calling the mall of america but like a typical mall in america where there's like a kid's jungle gym set and and like a full-blown food cart and i mean this mall is packed Mm -hmm. i'm not saying people don't go to the mall anymore but people really don't go to the mall anymore I don't know. I think maybe it's because like I still feel because like I honestly don't do it. I I try to do as much Christmas shopping as I can online, but I still do the thing where when I go back to where I'm from, I don't know why I said that instead of when I go back to Kentucky, Mars, when I go go back back to to the moon, Krypton. Um, it's still like a thing where like we go to the mall a few days before Christmas to like finish things up, and it's just a nightmare. Like people are still like. Not so, and maybe it's a nostalgia thing. Like people still feel like they have to go shop in stores. I don't yeah. know. But I <laughs> I feel like it's po- like I honestly don't know how we would remake this movie considering the internet. But I think it's possible that it's the thing of like it's the cutoff date because this does happen. It's the cutoff date. Like Amazon cannot deliver you a package before thanks before Christmas. Yeah, and so this guy has to find a way to buy something in store, but nobody does that anymore. So how does he find Turbo Man in a world where like nobody is stocking toys? I don't know. Does he go through like the Amazon warehouse? Because then I just think like, yeah, but like I feel like you could also just like if it's a really popular toy, you could probably just go to Target, pick it up. Yeah. Or like a specialty store or yeah. something like that. I, I guess this leads us into the last question. Would you remake this movie? But it's more like, how do you remake this movie? Yeah, I'm going to say no, because I think it's one of those movies where the joy of it will always be the time capsule mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And if you tried to remake it or create a sequel, which I want to say maybe there is. Is there a sequel to this movie? I think there is. Um, but I think it's like direct. Like, I don't think anyone yeah. from the original is in it. It just, we should let it live in a world where it does work in quotes. Yeah. I I mean, now that capitalism has been vanquished in 2019, I don't see a way. <laughs> no, I just, I, I was sort of just thinking like. Now that beaten the monster (laughs) i'm just sort of thinking that like i don't know how exactly how you would do it Mm -hmm. there are too many variables in the updating process that completely change what this movie is Mm -hmm. so i I guess my answer is no answer because it's just like as a writer i'm currently have no ideas how to do it i don't see it so it's hard for me to say yes yeah. Oh, well, but we have this one and it's delightful, guys. Yeah. Check it out. When Make it part of your holiday viewing this year. Really, really, dude. Like, pour some pour some eggnog. Oh, you know what bugged me about Ugh. Ted was when he brought non-alcoholic eggnog. I was like, get out of here. I hate eggnog. 
alcoholic or not, it is gross. Well, whatever floats your boat this holiday season, I hope you watch this movie, and I hope you join us next week for another great podcast, guys. We're almost out of 2019. We have some big things for 2020. It's going to be great. So check out our next podcast. Check out our past podcasts. Like, if you're not in the Christmas spirit, we have plenty of other non-Christmas movies for you. Yeah. Rate, subscribe. Kenna, where can people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's the best way to help us out this holiday season. We're asking for your charity. We're the Salvation Army ringing the bell. Ding-a-ling-ling-ling. Okay. You can also find us now on Kofi where you can go to make a very small donation just to help us keep making this fine podcast. It's the perfect gift. Make it in honor of a friend. That's weird. Uh, that link is in our description and all over Twitter. You can also find us on social media at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram or you can find us separately because... Because um, we didn't get what we want for we didn't Christmas. Get what we wanted for Christmas. At Kim and Trent and at Flimby. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Jingle, jingle, jingle all the way.